Welcome to the ninth episode of the Hardwired Hockey Podcast featuring your host, uh, Matthew Sheridan, and I am Tyler Prosick. Uh, this week, we're joined by my friend, Matthias. Matthias, how do you say your last name? I don't want to mess it up. Uh, Schreinert. Yeah. Okay. How's it going, Matthias? Not too bad. Not too bad. Hab's got a big win today, so. <laughs> and uh, so today, we're going to be covering all the NHL action happening the past few days, including uh, Victor Meat traded rumors. Uh, Shea Weber's a thousandth game in the NHL. Tyler Toffoli, the new owner of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, we got Travis Dermott rumors and a hypothetical playoff situation that uh, should be an interesting conversation. We will open it up with uh, the Montreal Victor Meat rumors and we'll mention Weber's a thousandth game. So um, basically, Victor Victor Meat or Victor Mete um, has been rumored to being on the move because I, I don't know Matias you can confirm this but he hasn't played much this year no he's played uh two games and he's gotten back in the rotation a little bit after the rumors but according to Claude he was gonna play regardless just because he wanted everybody to get some time but um I'm happy he's playing again for sure yeah um so I, I'm, I'm gonna open it up actually you know I'm gonna have a good time here uh Victor Meat. um is a legend from from our yes, high sir. school. We talked about this man too much, um, even though he's very not good. Norris um, winner. So I don't know what Matthias. I guess you should start. Actually, what are your thoughts on Meat being moved, and where would you want him to be moved, and you know what would you expect in a return? Uh, I definitely don't want him to be moved, just because he's young and has a lot of offensive upside. I mean, he's by far, I think he's like our third or fourth best skater on the team. He's super quick. Um, but if he did need to get moved and he was unhappy with the situation, which he doesn't claim he is, only his Marner agent um, <laughs> claims he's un, uh, unhappy. Um, I don't know who would be a good fit for him, but any team that needs the offense and will give him a lot of minutes and time to develop. So as much as I don't like the team, I think Ottawa would actually be a pretty good uh, location for him. And I couldn't see us getting too much back maybe a prospect and a pick or like another depth player but nothing crazy yeah um matt what are your thoughts on meat and what do you think they could get for him i think i think he's a good player i've I've enjoyed watching him play um he was part of the memorial cup uh, winning team back with the london knights with mitch marner in 2016-17 um i think he's a decent player 13 points in 2018-19, and then 11 points last season. Like you mentioned, he hasn't gotten too much playing time just because they they like their rotation, and Romanov's played pretty well. Um, I think it's interesting. I think Pittsburgh also checked in on Victor Mete. So um, with the, the injuries that have decimated their lineup, uh, I think it would be a good fit. Um, I doubt, like like I think Matias just mentioned, I doubt they get too much back for him. I think it would, it'd be something like a third-round pick or a prospect. He hasn't hit his potential yet, but I think um, the ceiling is definitely there. And I think a team willing to play him and let him kind of experiment with his offensive side it would be a good fit for him. So I think a good fit would be Pittsburgh. I think a good fit, like Matias mentioned, would be Ottawa. If they need their, their team's pretty terrible right now, but I think it would be provided a lot of ice time. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't know how much stock you can invest. I know agents say that their clients want to be traded all the time to kind of get leverage in a situation. And uh, Mark Bergevin does have has said in the past that a lot of like some players don't are not going to get traded and then goes out and trades them. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think Victor Mete is definitely someone to watch for 
uh, leading up to the trade deadline. Yeah, um, I I think a good spot could be um, Winnipeg. Um, their their defense is just bad, um, so that it could be a good uh, place for him to get big minutes um, compared to Montreal, who's got a pretty good top pair with uh, uh, Petrie, you know, Norris candidate right now, surprisingly, because that's actually not a joke. Um, yeah, so I think also probably a third, I think at best, um, actually, no, I'm not, I don't even think they could get a second for him. Um, anyway, speaking of Montreal defenseman, Shea Weber got uh, his 1,000th game played the other day. Um, just going back all the way to the Weber for Subban trade, looking back now, Montreal fleeced Nashville, like absolutely fleeced them. Uh, Matthias, what are your thoughts on your captain and his season so far? Uh, I mean, he's been playing great. Um, I mean, even last year, I think, I don't know where the narrative that he's regressed came from, because at least from my perspective, even though we didn't make the playoffs technically last year, it was the best he's played since he's come from that trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that trade is to this day still tough to grade specifically because that first year of that trade, Weber wasn't fantastic and Subban made it to the Stanley cup final. Um, but since then, I mean, Webbs has been clearly the better player in that trade and the thousandth game was, uh, well, he took an L to the Ottawa centers on his thousandth game. So it's, it's a bit tough. Yeah. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts on your, your team's rivals captain? Yeah. I mean, as much as I dislike the Montreal Canadiens, I've always liked Shea Weber and had a ton of respect for him. I think it was, it was classy to see Nashville kind of congratulate him on his thousandth game played on Twitter. I mean, it was a big part of their franchise as well. When you look back on the Subban trade, Montreal clearly came out the winners on that end. P.K. Subban is a pretty terrible defenseman right now, and uh, his $9 million cap hit is definitely a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, but, I mean, Weber's, Weber's been playing well the past few games. He's He looked decent last season as well. So Montreal's a, 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 a very good um, team this season, and they're a very legit contender to, as much as I hate to admit it, win the division. So. It'll be it'll be interesting to see for sure. Um, yeah, just to just to mention uh, Weber's career accolades here, I got it beside me: uh, 220 goals, 357 assists, uh, for 577 points in 1,001 games. Um, so yeah, he's pretty freaking awesome. Um, I've always loved Shea Weber. Um, I never really knew how good he was until probably the Subban trade when I realized someone, because I was only really watching Canadian hockey back then. So when Subban got traded, cause everyone knew Subban was so good and he was like an electric player or whatever. So when he got traded for Weber, I was like, what, what just happened? And that, that, that trade hit me. Like I had no idea. I, I was just a little, little baby hockey fan had no idea what was happening. Anyway, Speaking of more Montreal Canadiens, uh, Tyler Toffoli uh, officially owns the Vancouver Canucks. Um, he has been unreal this year, um, not like just in general, but against the Canucks, like he does not like the Canucks. Um, his last game against Mon- or against Vancouver, sorry, uh, he had a goal in the game before that. He had two goals and an assist. Um, so he just he just does not like uh, Vancouver. Uh, Matias, what are your thoughts on Foley so far and uh, against Vancouver specifically? I love him. Um, I think 
the, the fact that we got him for such a good contract that wasn't a overpay, if anything, I think it might have been a slight underpay, mm-hmm. was uh, was crazy. And then the whole situation with, I believe Jim Benning is the GM of the Canucks. Yeah. Um, the whole situation with him not wanting to pay Tyler Toffoli off the bat, waiting too long, and then deciding to give Tyler Myers $6 million. Um, I don't know if that was the best idea for them. And I can see why there might be a little bit of a distaste in Tyler Toffoli's mouth. And then every time they play, I think he has eight goals or seven goals against them or something insane. So he's been, uh, I think he's been as good, if not better than Josh Anderson has been for us this year. So I think that's probably my favorite offseason signing aside from maybe Jake Allen. Uh, Matt, what do you what do you think about Toffoli and how excited are you to face him like six more times or however many more times they play? Yeah, he's first of all, he's absolutely owned Vancouver. Uh, I faced the guy who had him in fantasy last week and it was not fun. Um, <laughs> there was it's it, I think it's a tough pill to swallow as um, for Vancouver Canucks fans just because one, they're dominate. Uh, he dominated them this season. And two, I think he played like eight eight games or something for them in the regular season and in the playoffs. I don't even remember the specifics, but they gave up a second round pick and Tyler Madden to the Kings for him. And Tyler Madden's a great prospect and a second round pick. And then Jim Benning doesn't even go and resign him. And the fact that Benning was confident and he's like, we're going to get everyone back. They lost Markstrom, Tanev and Foley. So they're the Vancouver Canucks have not looked good so far. Um, their offensive guys have been, they've, They've had a lot of offensive contributions from guys like Bo Horvat, but um, in my opinion, I think Elise Patterson has looked a bit quiet this season compared to what yeah. he usually does. Sure. And uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really like their defense. I mean, Quinn Hughes is a great player, but Tyler Myers, like Matthias mentioned, at six million dollars is a very steep cap hit to swallow. And yeah, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not excited to play Tyler Foley in the Canadians. Uh, I think the game that we want the, the opening game, I think, could have went both ways. The Maple Leafs ended up squeaking a 5-4 overtime win. But uh, I was surprised because we were down 3-1 in the second period and we ended up coming back and tying the game. So I think the game could have gone both ways. And uh, it's yeah. going to be exciting to see. I think the Leafs play them eight more times, if I'm not mistaken. So Oh, that's right. Sure. The Canadian teams play more. That's right. I, forgot. I think um, the uh, – I just want to go ahead and for the defense of the uh, Vancouver. I think – I mean, I wanted. I would be one of those people who always defends goalies a lot of time, even if they're playing bad. Except for Vasilevsky, he's overrated. Um, I feel really bad for Demko and Holtby. I mean, anybody who says, "Oh, they just—it was stupid to sign Demko off of one playoff series," I think he was great. Their defense got infinitely worse over the years. Holtby has looked pretty solid, except for breakaways. But I don't think he's ever been good at breakaways in his entire career. Um, but I mean they're kind of in the situation Montreal was the last three years where they are willingly playing Jordy Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just like, so they need, uh, they definitely need to get their goaltending some help and their defense because as soon as they get in their own zone, a lot of the time they they're in there for um, the entire shift pretty much. So they're, uh, they're struggling. Their power play is great. That's one of the best, um, I guess, upsides is they always look pretty solid in the power play, but, Besides that, the team isn't uh, isn't doing very well at all. Yeah. Um, something I just want to, you know what, uh, Matias, I can get your thoughts on this. And Matt, if you have something to say about it too. Uh, no Juleson played his first game for the Panthers last night. And uh, Matias was getting a few messages from me of how how much I like Juleson. 
Um, he was playing with Keith Yandel, so uh, it's a good partner to have for your first game in a long time. Um, he looked his skating and and when he had the puck, which he didn't really have it that much, but when he did, he skated with a lot of confidence and like he was at the top of the zone. Uh, I think we were coming just off of killing a penalty or something, and with like two guys on him, he just settles it down and gets the puck closer to the net. And I think he set up a goal eventually. Uh, he didn't get an assist last night, but he was playing really well. And, you know, for a former first rounder, um, it was unfortunate how much he got injured in Montreal. Um, and I don't blame them for waving him because he doesn't play for them at all. Um, so I don't know if, if he stays healthy, he could end up living up to that uh, first round potential. Uh, Matthias, what did you think about Juleson when he was in Montreal and, and yeah, being waved and stuff like that? Uh, I mean, what you're saying about him being confident with the puck and his skating being great, I mean, that's definitely the biggest part of his game. Um, his skating always looked, like, fantastic. And when he had the puck, he would never make any stupid plays. He was always super calm with the puck. Um, and his potential when he did play looked like he was getting better. It's just he got two really unfortunate head injuries, uh, one of those being his eye, and he could barely see. Like, he didn't know if he could play hockey again. Yeah. Um, so... I'm obviously a little upset that he got waived because he had so much potential, but I'm definitely am happy for him that he's back playing in the NHL and he's looking good. So uh, any, anytime a player like that can get more minutes, I'm happy for him. Matt, any thoughts on Juleson or not? Don't know much about him. I mean, yeah. Uh, former first round pick, like you mentioned, um, career decimated by injuries, really bad uh, eye injury that kept him out. I think his last game, he played before last night was 2018, so he's been out a really long time. Um, I think, yeah, a first-round pick. He's clearly got the potential, and I think with the right guys, he can he can play. I didn't watch the Panthers game last night, but from what you said, it sounds like he was confident with the puck. Um, you do tend to have some Panthers bias sometimes, but I think uh, I think I'll take your word on it, and I think I'm excited for you and the Panthers to have Juleson because he still got a ton of a ton of potential. Yeah, um, just to put that out there to um, anyone listening, the Panthers are 6-0-2. Um, haven't lost in regulation yet. Uh, we're going to win the cup. Um, oh, we're going to trade for uh, Connor McDavid. Okay, next, uh, Travis Dermott um, has been rumored um, to be moved. Uh, I'm going to start it off because I, um, I want to. Um, so Dermott, Dermott's been a pretty good defenseman from what I understand. He just hasn't got a lot of minutes. Um, I think, yeah, before the podcast, Matt mentioned that uh, Pittsburgh's in on him. Um, again, I'm just going to be saying the same teams that need defense. Even, yeah, so like Pittsburgh, like you mentioned, Matt, um, Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg should be on every defenseman that's in the market because their defense is not good. And Connor Hellebuck is saving your bum. Um, so yeah, I think I, I'm just going to say it again. Winnipeg is my number one choice for them. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if Toronto is going to trade in the Canadian division when they have to play Winnipeg that many more times. Um, but I think they could get a decent amount for Dermot. Uh, we'll start off with Matt's thoughts on him because you're the least fan. So take it away, Matt. Yeah, I think. I don't want Dermot to be traded just because next year with Lettinen, probably if I had to trade someone, I'd trade Lettinen. Um, we brought him 
um, overseas with the with the promise that he'd be playing and with Thurman and him kind of shuffling in and out of the lineup, that promise hasn't been granted. And now that he's injured day to day, we'll see him tonight against the Canucks. But I, if anything, I'd rather trade Lightning. Thurman's a great player. Um, similar feeling to probably with Matias and Mete. It's just, um, I think he's a good, a, a solid part of our future. And I know a lot of people are, are kind of looking into the future and thinking we might um, leave him available for the Seattle Kraken to take. And I, I don't want that. I think um, the best defense core for us next year would be a, a making of Sandine, Dermott, uh, Riley, Brody, Muzzenhall. So I'd, I'd like Bogosian walk as well. So I think Dermott does fit into our future plans and I really don't want to see him go. But if the, if the option is right and the, the, the deal brings us back another solid piece, then I'd be open to trading him. I think it would have to be something like a, a third or second round pick. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to speculate. Pittsburgh's always in on everyone. Uh, they're always looking for help. Um, their injuries, they always, they always have bad injury luck. They, they have it again this season. Of course, they're rumored with everyone. I think Winnipeg, their defense hasn't been as bad as um, Tyler might think. I think Derek Forbert has played pretty well. Josh Morrissey's looked good. Dylan DeMello's looked good. But uh, they could always use some help on the back end. And yeah, I think it, a, a lot of teams, we don't know a lot of teams, like no team has been specifically said to like, we're in on him and we're in on him hard. So it's kind of hard to speculate right now, like what a deal would look like and what if the deal would be a positive for the Leafs or not. But in my opinion, I think the Leafs should keep Dermot just because of how well he's played in the past. Um, and uh, I've, I've grown to love him. And uh, it, it, it'd be a, a tough pill to swallow to see if he left. Uh, Matthias, any thoughts on Dermot? Um, I don't know much about his play, um, but I do know that he's a young defenseman who, had, from what I've heard from Leeds fans, he's pretty good. Um, he's just not really getting in the lineup because you guys have a lot of... Uh, uh, older players you guys are playing instead and it's just a tough rotational thing like Mete. Um, it definitely would be a blow for the depth of the leaps I think in terms of the defenseman but um, if you don't trade them you are now under the issue of Seattle and from what I've been reading is either Seattle's going to take Dermot if he isn't traded or they're going to take Justin Hole um, just because he has looked much better this season than I think he has in the past. Um, so I think uh, it's either losing, lose one of those guys to Seattle or they get something in return for him. So. Mm. Um, speaking of Seattle, um, the Yandel rumors that keep coming around um, the Panthers trading Keith Yandel, the main reason they want to get rid of him is because they're, they have to waste a protect. They have to protect him because he has a no move clause. So I think that's the main reason uh, they're trying to trade him is because they don't want to have to waste um, one of their slots uh, on him uh, unless they trade Seattle a pick to take him. Um, but I don't even know if Seattle would do that. It'd have to be a pretty high pick. Six million is pretty steep um, for, for Yandel. Even though, you know, Yandel's actually like, he's played well this year. Um, I think um, – Aaron Ekblad has played the best he's ever played in his career. He's off to the hottest start in his career um, points wise. And I just think he's looked just delicious. Um, 
So yeah, um, next we have a little uh, little thing here that uh, we're going to get mainly Matt and Matthias to argue about. Um, Toronto and Montreal, we're going to we're going to say they meet in the playoffs and they go to and you know what? No, give me the games you think they'd go to. Um, Toronto versus Montreal playoffs. Who wins and why? Matthias, you haven't talked in a while. You can you can start her off. I think no matter what, the series goes seven. I think both teams are too deep, um, too good this season for one of the teams to get blown out. Uh, I mean, the one game we saw between them, I think they play on Wednesday. Um, the one game we saw between them, it was super close. I personally think we look like the better team five on five. We just got some horrible penalties. Um, and you guys are obviously one of the best three beyond three on three teams in the league. Um, I, I think it's going to be close. Uh, I, I think it definitely depends on which version of the goat shows up and the goat is Carey Price. If he looks like he did in last year's bubble, then it's genuinely an issue for any team in the league. Um, and I think with, if I am looking at this correctly, the two leading scorers in the NHL with nine is Toffoli and with eight is Josh Anderson. If they can consistently keep scoring, um, then I think this, I think it actually doesn't even come down in goalies. I think it comes down to defense. If Montreal's defense can handle the insane firepower of Toronto up front, and if Toronto can handle hopefully a consistent deep Montreal offense, then I think it's going to come for a very, very, very entertaining series. But I'm going to say Montreal pulls it out with a Toffoli hat trick. Um, yeah, I think I, I agree. I think it'll be seven games. Both teams are amazing. Both teams have shown early on in the season that they have the firepower to compete. And uh, it, I, I truly um, believe that they would not get blown out. This would be a back and forth series all the way to seven games. From a Toronto standpoint, I think there's a, 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 num a number of cases that could be made. Um, Anderson has to show up. Uh, he looked really good in the Columbus series, but against the Boston the past three years in Washington, he did not really play well. He let in a lot of bad goals. Um, not to say that the Leafs offense did show up because they didn't, but he let in a, a lot of soft goals. So he has to show up. He has to play well. Uh, the Leafs defense has always been their weak point. Now that they've added offseason acquisitions, they've kind of, that's not an issue of theirs anymore. But I do think um, we saw with Montreal, they still, still have a few holes. Uh, Josh Anderson was able to dominate. Nick Suzuki looked really good as well. So it'll be it'll come up to how well they can play. And uh, again, the biggest the biggest biggest thing for me is offense. Um, Matthews uh, either plays well or doesn't. Marner hasn't really shown up in years past. Nylander hasn't shown up in years past. Tavares hasn't shown up in years past. When you're paying those guys over thirty million dollars, you need them to show up in the playoffs. Tavares said he was coming to Toronto to win, and they haven't even shown that, like, at all. They haven't won a playoff series since 2004. And I'm, I'm a diehard Leafs fan, and it's been frustrating to see because the amount of – I haven't seen a playoff series. I was two the last time they won a playoff series. So it's it's a long time coming, and uh, even if they do win the, a playoff series, I still don't think that's enough. They need to show that they, they can have a deep run. And uh, – yeah, it would be interesting, but I'd have to say the Leafs pull it out in the seven. Montreal has got one of the greatest goalies ever in Carey Price. I have nothing but respect for him. I grew up idolizing him, and uh, he's one of the the players on Montreal that I, I really like watching. Their defense has, has 
is a bit underrated and uh, they've got Petrie who's consistently producing offense. Shea Weber is good. And I think Alex Romanov could be a factor in the playoffs. And of course your offseason acquisitions and Tyler Toffoli, Josh Anderson leading the league in goals, uh, Tyler Toffoli with, like you just mentioned with nine and Josh Anderson with eight. So uh, they're, they've definitely got some offensive firepower. If Kotkaniemi can show up in the playoffs, it'll be a close series, but I've got to show my love for my hometown team and uh, pick the Leafs in seven. Um, just, just so you guys know, uh, Anderson has seven goals, but he is still up there. Well, um, on NHL.com, it says he has eight. Oh, the score says seven. Okay, well, the score sucks. Because he, um, scored, he scored today, that's why. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't even know they played. Yeah, okay. Petrie has, Petrie's leading the defenseman goals too. Which one? Um, I do want to say I agree with Matt in the sense that I do think the Leafs really need to go on a deep run, and it needs to happen soon. Um, you got to think that a lot of those guys, especially some of the older guys who have been there for a while, I mean, it's it's weird calling Matthews and Marner older guys when they're still super young in the league, but I feel like I've been hearing Matthews' name for so long now. Um, I think for morale reasons, they need to go far. Um, they can't continuously do very well in the regular season and then just get stonewalled in the first or for usually first round of Boston. Um, but I think if they can get over, you know, even if they lose this year, I think you give them one more year. If they can get over the Boston hump, maybe they turn into, you know, Washington where Ovechkin yeah. just gets destroyed by Crosby every single year. And then the one year he beats Crosby, he gets a cup. And I think the Leafs definitely have cup potential. Um, I just think they need to get some playoff experience under their belt with a deep run, which is, I think, what a lot of those players are missing right now. Um, just getting my uh, humble opinion on Toronto and Montreal. Um, I think if, if I'm Toronto, um, I also agree that they're, they're, not, they're not running out of time, definitely not. Um, but with that core, if you don't win with in this or next season, you, you have trouble in Toronto. Um, I am totally going to make that the title of this episode. Um, anyway, in in a seven game, I think it would go to seven games. Uh, yeah, I'm four, uh, not four, six. I'm gonna say it would go to six. I would take Montreal in six games. Um, right now, right now, I would take Montreal in six games. That could totally change. Um, I think. I don't think Toronto wins a cup with Frederick Anderson as their goalie. Um, I, I don't think he's that good anymore. Um, ever since an injury a while back, I think Matt talked about it last week or something like that. Um, yeah, I just don't think he's been the same since, I don't know, a season, a season and a half ago. Um, he, he used to be, I, I used to be so confident when, when I watched the Leafs a while back um, in Frederick Anderson. Um, it, it's like, it's like when I watch the Panthers and Chris Driegers in net, I'm not worried ever. I'm, I'm always confident with Chris Drieger in net and then Bob's in net and I'm shitting my pants on an outside shot from the other team's red line. Um, yeah, it's been a rough year in Florida for goalies anyway. I think it's um, inconsistency though, because Frederick Anderson has flashes where he looks genuinely phenomenal. Like he yeah. looks top of his game and he's a bigger goalie too. So when he is top of his game, it's really hard to get those shots on him. Like there's games where he looks like Jacob Markstrom. The issue is, I mean, I think it's the issue with Carey Price the last few years is consistency is such a big thing for goalies. And um, if you can't find that rhythm, a lot of times it just becomes too late. And luckily for Montreal, Price always shows up in a tournament setting. Um, mm -hmm. But I hope for the Leafs, I, I really hope for that series, if, it, if we do get Montreal-Toronto somehow, I do really hope for that series that Frederick Anderson shows up because mm – -hmm. 
I think it would be so entertaining if Price is playing well, Anderson's playing well, and it's just a uh, back and forth. Just both both teams just going insane on offense. So yeah, um, yeah. So I, the reason I take Montreal in in I'd say six games is I think they do have the edge of their defensemen chipping in offensively. Um, not to say that Morgan Riley and company can't chip in offensively, but I think they're I. I I really liked Montreal's play. Uh, I watched that first Toronto Montreal game where I thought Montreal totally should have won. Um, I'm pretty sure there was like two bad calls in that game as well. Um, but not yeah. to mention the, uh, the ref yeah. being paid by Toronto to give him a wide open shot. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, we looked really, really, really strong five on five in that game. Um, but I think Toronto had six power plays. One of them, we made, took a stupid penalty and then Shea Weber decides to absolutely snipe it over the glass. So it's a five on three and we're not defending that against Toronto ever. So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah I think um, the most impressive player for me was Nick Suzuki in that game. Um, I think he, he, he could be a number one center. He's played center, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He played, this was the first time I think ever. Uh, today was the first time that they decided to switch the lineup and have Suzuki's line first. And mm-hmm. he was far and away the best player on Montreal today. So, yeah. And he's, he's consistently getting better. And the weird part, the, to me, the weirdest part of his game is how much of a veteran he plays. Like, like yeah. a lot of, you'll see rookies, they'll get hot headed sometimes, or they'll like, they'll make sometimes a weird pass or a weird play. He doesn't do that. He's just consistently level headed. And I think that might be a product of when he won. Uh, did they won the the uh, what's the what's the trophy you win? The Great Cup or something? Not the Great Cup. Not the Great Cup. Morocco. What's the trophy the you win? Oh, yeah, the OHL Cup. Yeah, I think he won that. Um, and he was the MVP of that tournament. And the whole time he was just playing super consistent and super level headed. And I think that experience there has really helped his game evolve so far. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Suzuki. When when the rumors of Pierre-Luc Dubois for Suzuki came around, I did not want that to happen. Um, I just I just thought that would be stupid on Montreal's part for how far he's come in, like, like two years. Um, yeah, so uh, any other hockey news any of you two wanted to uh, chat about? We've got a couple minutes left here. I just wanted to touch base on Anderson again. Um, mm-hmm. I think the big key, I totally agree, is his consistency. The, the one game that always kind of haunts me still is, he was playing so incredibly well the first game against Columbus in the play-in series. And it's one shot from Cam Atkinson from like far out near the, the, the circle, the face-off dot that it just kind of squeaks through him. So that was so painful because the Leafs weren't producing on offense and he was playing so well. And then the one shot that you least expect to go and goes in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where it fell off because we gave up, um, we gave up a, a, a big lead and Columbus came back and won a few games later, I think it was game three and then game four. I think we might, we came back into the same thing, which was incredible where we were down, I think three, one with two minutes left. And then we came back and won it in overtime, but that was such a fluke. And then we ended up getting eliminated the next game. So it was a tough pill to swallow. I think Anderson really has to work on his consistency issues. Um, I think I forget who mentioned it, but uh, he's either one of the best goalies in the league or he's one of the worst goalies in the league. And that injury to the groin a few years ago, like I mentioned last week on the podcast, um, he hasn't looked the same since. I think he's kind of I'm worried about re-aggravating it or whatever it is. And it, it, it must be mentally. Um, he just, 
the plays he used to make and the, the way he used to throw his body around is not the same like it is now. So yeah. I think he's a, a massive, massive factor if the Leafs were to win. And uh, I, I have confidence the way he played last season, in the, especially in the bubble. But uh, this season he looked shaky to start and he's kind of picking up his play. But I do want to see more consistency from him. I think, uh, I mean, especially with goalies, injuries like that are, are so detrimental, um, especially when your entire game is based around stretching yourself out and tearing or hurting a ligament like that is, or a muscle is, is tough. I mean, same thing, it's the exact same thing pretty much happened to Carey Price after um, he who will not be named ran into him. Series of injuries after that, his play looked super inconsistent, um, but he eventually hopefully he can find his rhythm and he can get confident back in his game. I um, mean, as long as he's maintaining that, he shouldn't re-injure it. But I think the issue with uh, Toronto is that it's, it's the flip-flop of what Montreal is where all these years it was just, all right, get maybe if, if we can squeak in a goal or two, we can try to rely on price. Whereas Toronto was like, all right, as long as they don't squeak in a goal or two, we can rely on our offense. And if your offense isn't producing, it's kind of tough to rely on your goalie. Who's either going to be playing like current Markstrom or 2019 Bobrovsky. So it's, it's a bit tough there. Um, one point I do want to bring up though, is I haven't been following New York at all. Cause I hate that franchise, but what is happening with Lafreniere? Yeah, we got a couple minutes left. Um, I don't know. I, I watched their first game, and he looked really good. Um, he skated really well with the puck. I just think – I don't think it's line mates. Maybe it's his line mates. Um, cause I think he was playing on the third line to start the year. He might be up now. Um, but, yeah, he's got one goal. It's. I don't think it's alarming yet, but um, I'd say, like, halfway through the year and he's only got, like, five points, then you get concerned. Um but he's, he's still young, too, so you can't – like, Jack Hughes is destroying it this year, and he, he was bad last year. So uh, we can't be too quick to judge him, but for all the hype, I, I get I get what you mean there. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? Any thoughts on I think, Laffy? I, th- I, I think you made a really good point, Tyler. Um, a lot of people – I think it, it's exactly the same as Jack Hughes. Um, he dominated the United States national team development program and put up records with Cole Caulfield, and then he transitioned to the NHL, and he doesn't dominate anymore. So – I think it's the same thing with him. Alexi Lafreniere was so used to dominating the Quebec minor junior hockey league. I, I think he won two MVPs. Like he dominated that league and he dominated the junior level. And I, I think his play away from the puck kind of hurt in that regard. And now that he's kind of made the jump to the NHL, his offensive skills come out, but it's the fact that everyone moves faster and everyone moves the, is more physical and everything. Yeah. Um, I think you do see um, him kind of struggling. And I think it's, I think it's normal. Um, I think a lot of people expect first overall picks to just go in and absolutely tear it up. And that's, I guess that's kind of what's happened in the past. Like Crosby came in, dominated. And like, you've seen a lot of players dominate as soon as they've come into the league, but you, you do have to have some reserves in that fact, in that regard, Jack Hughes is looking incredible this season because he has that experience and because he knows how fast the NHL is and he's worked on his game away from the puck. And that's what made, that's what made him such a great all around player now. I think Lafreniere has to get that experience in the NHL, um, improve his play away from the puck, like back-checking, transitional play, um, battling hard in the corners, getting the puck out. It, all those things are integral to someone developing and uh, becoming a superstar. And I think he's kind of on the right path. Um, you're going to see a lot of players calling uh, or people calling him a bust, but I, I'm not worried. Uh, you could start to worry if it's halfway through the season and he's kind of lacking, but 
um, I wouldn't worry too much. I think he'll be a much better player next season. I certainly wouldn't be one of those people who calls a player a bust early. Um, I think one of the issues anybody can face, it's the same thing. Uh, some people thrive off it. Some people, it's tough. I mean, the instant uh, comparisons to Crosby, I mean, same league. They played for the same team in junior. Looking at Crosby stats, I didn't realize he had 168 points in 62 games in his last year in the queue, which is absolutely mental. Um, but I mean, there, there's, they were that comparisons there, and I think that's definitely tough as a young guy going into the league being compared to arguably a top three player of all time, top five player of all time for sure. Um, but I mean, same with Jack Hughes as well. And I would make jokes that Jack Hughes a bust, but we've only, uh, they've only been in the league for about a year. So just give them more time. I think they should be okay. Okie dokie. Well, we thank you for joining us this week. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at hockey underscore wired pod. Let us know what you think about the episode and reach out with any suggestions for topics as we'd love to uh, talk about whatever you're wondering about the hockey universe. Uh, Matt, where can the people find you and anything coming out with hockey writers or FC hockey? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Sheridan underscore Matt, S-H-E-R-I-D-A-N underscore M-A-T. I'm with the hockey writers. I'm writing a, a Toronto Marlies preview that should go out in the next day or two. And uh, I'm excited for HL hockey and with the FC hockey. Of course, we can't get in the ranks and scout anyone, but uh, doing some video scouting for them and uh, should see some reports come out. We've been absolutely swamped at school, but I think um, this next week uh, and of course reading week soon. So I should be able to get some reports. And uh, Matthias, any socials you want the people to know where they can find you and your wonderful fandom? Uh, you can you follow me, uh, find me on Instagram at Matthias underscore SIC. You don't want to follow my Twitter. It's foul. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can find me at uh, Prosic Tyler on Twitter or Tyler R. Prosic underscore on Instagram. Uh, I got some hockey writers, probably have an Ekblad article coming out this week, so you can check that out. And uh, over the line, uh, we got some baseball stuff coming your way shortly. Uh, And then thanks again for joining us. Thanks again, Matias, for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.